the whole cabin was barfing. It was so bad. Horrible. And so finally, like I reached my limit. And she was out was of like, there. And I <laughs> ran out and I was like, I need fresh air. Where is the air? This is the Exploring the National Parks podcast with Dirt in My Shoes. My name is Ash and I'm a former park ranger and the founder of Dirt in My Shoes. I think that the parks are best seen from the trail and I'm here to make national park trip planning easy. And I'm John. I carry the kids on the trails, I tell stories, and notice all the things that Ash doesn't care about much, like flowers. Join us as we show you around America's spectacular national parks. We're sharing our favorite places, fun facts, adventures, and misadventures. And we'll even throw in a little trip planning. Let's start exploring. Okay, so I have been having some insomnia lately. Oh, interesting way to start the podcast episode. (laughs) It's affecting me in so many different ways. But like, I can't turn my brain off. I get like that every once in a well, pretty much all the time. Right. Usually I just take like extra melatonin or or NyQuil or something to, you know, knock myself out. Or copious amounts of rum. (laughs) (laughs) I'll try that next time. But anyway, while I was laying in bed trying to fall asleep last night, I realized that I have a question for you that I don't know the answer to, and it's bugging the crap out of me. For me? For you. Okay. So here we go. My question for you is, what is your favorite Lord of the Rings character? Oh my gosh. That's like choosing your favorite kid. But I seriously don't know. For how much you talk about Lord of the Rings and watch Lord of the Rings and make Lord of the Rings jokes and references and stuff, I'm like, I was laying there and I was like, I don't even think I know which character you like the best. I think it has to be Aragorn. I think it has to be. Because the hobbits, while important to the story... Are boring. (laughs) (laughs) That's the boringest part of the movie. False. Very false. (laughs) I think, I don't know the way I want to identify with the characters in the story. I want to be part of the action. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. That's why Aragorn's my... Is he my favorite? No, he's not. He, he, Legolas is your favorite. I go between Legolas and Aragorn, but they're both part of the action. I think that's why. Right. I well, just don't know if I have the, the legs for the tights that Legolas wears pretty frequently. I would say not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's Aragorn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Boromir is also really cool, but he has the dark side and he doesn't make it to the whole thing. Yeah. So it, he's the only other man. And Gandalf, I love Gandalf. I could probably go on for a very yeah, long time. Yeah, let's not go on for a very long time. I got my answer, so... Aragorn. Yes, son of Arathorn. And you owe me your allegiance. Because nice. that's who I identify with. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, well, I mean, it was bugging me. So now we can move on. My second question, then, mm-hmm. is who is your favorite pirate? Uh, yikes. Well, the ones that... Like a real life pirate or just pirates in pop culture? Either. It's got to be between, in pop culture, it's like Captain Hook, Captain Jack Sparrow, Captain Barbosa, or Jack and the Neverland Pirates. Is that his name? <laughs> That's what the, the kids show that our kids always used to watch. Oh. No, I don't know. I think it's probably got to be, I love Captain Barbosa. Okay. He's so cool. He is like the real pirate. Because I feel like Jack Sparrow, 
what's the thing that the guy, the general, always says? He has got to be the worst pirate that I have yeah. ever seen. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, two seconds later, he's got to be the best pirate I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, it's so good. I love Jack Sparrow, but I think, like, the real, the real pirate is Captain Barbosa. He's so good. I am so excited. Ooh, Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch. He's another one. Yeah, well, I'm so excited for the podcast today because we're talking about dry tortugas, which, I don't know, it always makes me think of pirates. Oh, yes. Well, especially once we get into the fun facts episode, you will realize why it reminds you of pirates. Okay, well... We're not talking about that today no. so much, but we are talking about going to Dry Tortugas and exploring Dry Tortugas and spending time at this really, really strange park. It's so unique in it's terms of... The- amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so <laughs> like, cool. Like, I think you were the same as me where it was like, yeah, I mean, this next time we go to Florida, we should probably try to get out to Dry Tortugas. It's one of the hardest parks to get to. Oh, it's so challenging. And it's expensive to get to. Right. And so we were like, well, we've been to the Everglades every time. <laughs> and we probably should try to get out to Dry Tortugas this time. And so we booked the trip out there. But I don't think that either of us was really expecting. I don't know. I don't know. I guess I just didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I remember, seriously, we got to... The island, the key that Dry Tortugas, the main... The main key is Garden key. key. Yeah. And both of us were just like, this place is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. It totally <laughs> blows your mind. It does. Like, I've, I've, I have been to some historical parks before in my time, and never have I ever been as blown away by what I found than when I visited Dry Tortugas. It was insane. It it was the coolest place to explore. And it was massive. And we're planning a return trip. We're going to save up and take the seaplanes next time, which we'll talk about (laughs) here in a minute. Why? But, like, I want to go back so bad. Mm -hmm. I did not feel like we had as much time as I wanted and got to do as much as I wanted. And I would spend like way more time in Key West and just all the things because, yeah, everything about that area and getting out there was just mind blowing. Yeah. So today we're talking about dry tortugas, exploring dry tortugas. And this park, in case you don't know, is in Florida. Yes. Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) It barely makes it. Barely counts. Oh my gosh. It's the most isolated and furthest west of all of the Keys at the bottom of Florida. Yeah. And you think when you're going to Key West, you know, like you're like, wow, where are we going? Like we're going out into the middle of the ocean. Right. But Key West is just the jumping off point for getting to Dry Tortugas, which is even further out in the middle of the ocean. It's like 70 miles off the coast of Key West. And it seems like it's in a really strange spot because it's just... I remember thinking, like, what in the heck? Because Dry Tortugas has a huge fort on it. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, the main thing to see when you get there. That's like, why would you build a fort out here? Which we also will talk about, probably in the fun facts. Oh, so much. But it's just, it's one of those places where you kind of look around and you're like, where are we? <laughs> yeah, it's true. You're out in the middle of the ocean. I mean, you can see the Dry Tortugas 
are a series of, I think it's seven to eight islands. I think, it, yeah, it says it, seven. It kind of depends on how some of the sand, because the sand moves oh, and some uh-huh. of the keys actually connect sometimes. And so it's it's interesting. But no, it, I mean, the only thing that you can see are these other small little keys and you're in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, it's so cool. So I'm really excited to jump into this. Trip planning wise, there is an airport in Key West, but it is typically quite a bit more expensive to fly into Key West directly. Sometimes you can find deals, but right. we usually just fly into Miami, go to Everglades, go to Biscayne, and then you can rent a car from there and go down, drive down to Key West. It's like a three-hour drive, but you're driving through the Florida Keys. Which is so fun. it's really fun. It's whenever we have one of our favorite parenting moments where this was the first time I've ever been on a bridge where ocean was on both sides of me. Yeah, because the road is crazy because you're like bopping between these little tiny islands. Yeah. And there's a road that connects them all, all the way out to Key West. So like you drop off the tip of Florida down into Key Largo, Mm -hmm. which I just, you just got to sing this song. (laughs) (laughs) Key Largo. I want to take it to Bermuda, Bahama. Come on, pretty mama. Key Largo. There it is. Yeah, there it is. Took a minute to get there. <laughs> it did. <laughs> started further back than yeah. I realized. <laughs> um, but you get down to Key Largo and then you cut through the keys and this road is just, it's built between the islands, just in the ocean along these islands. And it it's crazy. It's super scenic. Yeah, it, it's so cool. It's like I said, this is a super unique place to visit. And while we were driving, I was like, oh my gosh, my kids are really going to appreciate this. (laughs) Hey, boys, look, there's ocean on both sides of us. And the kids, in their typical fashion, look up from their books or whatever they were, take a look out the window. Huh. And then put their... (laughs) Yeah, they (laughs) And then they're back into their books or back into their their whatever they were looking at. And I was just like, are you serious? Come on, where else? Where else have we ever done something like this where you look on both sides of you and you're like, whoa, the ocean. On That's both cool. sides. Yes, it's exactly. Crazy. That's also the time when we were driving through the Keys and I looked behind me like the kids were just not responding at all. They they did not care about right. that drive one bit. But I looked behind me and our youngest son had the word poop written across <laughs> his forehead. <laughs> our That's older funny. son, our older son had written poop on our younger son's forehead in marker. Oh my gosh, I remember um, that. As we were driving to the Keys. So that's <laughs> that's the other memory from that drive. Oh man. Um, and then then the younger son after we re- he realized that mom and dad thought it was a big deal, then he got upset. Yeah, then but he while was... his brother was doing it, he was like this is the coolest thing. Well, my brother's he... drawing on me. Yeah, I don't think he knew what his mischievous older brother was writing. So <laughs> anyway, so we're like we get out to go to the restaurant and and our youngest has poop written across his forehead. So that's great. <laughs> the other thing, so we didn't spend a ton of time in the Florida Keys besides Key West and then Dry Tortugas. So, right. so the rest of the Keys, I mean, there's tons of stuff you can do. But a couple of things that we did that we enjoyed, it's actually all food related, if you're <laughs> surprised. A, I love key lime pie. Yes. So I'm always looking for somewhere to eat key lime pie. When in Florida, yes. it's just you have to. The heart of the key lime culture. Exactly. And so 
We stopped a few times at the Blonde Giraffe for Key Lime Pie, and that's in Key Largo, but you'll drive right past it as you're heading out to Key Yeah, West. it's not out of the way at all. Yeah. The other thing is we stopped at Wahoo's Seafood. Oh, my and gosh. And that was good. That was and so it, good. It's like a waterfront restaurant. It's on Isla Mirada, and it's this really, really nice island, like, waterfront restaurant that yeah, we right, got to eat outside and watch the waves. Right next to the marina, so you can watch the ships and... A lot of the, you could tell that a lot of the boats in that marina are like chartered. And yeah. so the, a lot of people were coming and going uh, on some fishing trips. It yeah. was really cool. Yeah. So that, that was fun. That's the restaurant we went to with poop written on the forehead <laughs> of the young child. So <laughs> that was a good memory too. All these old ladies looking at us as we're walking in. That little mongrel. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, if you have a four-year-old, you would get it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... We just went straight to Key West pretty much right? because we wanted to get there. And also because we were spending 600 freaking dollars a night to stay in a hotel in Key West. Right. That is a pricey place. It's a pricey place. Like I had major sticker shock Mm -hmm. (laughs) when I started booking and trying to find hotels and stuff. And I was like, well, we want to be right on Key West because... The ferry to Dry Tortugas leaves pretty early in the morning. Like mm-hmm. we didn't want to have to drive in from an hour away, right, to stay on another key or something. So we did book straight in Key West, but it was like for six hundred dollars, you expect, I don't know, like that's a lot of money to pay for one night at a hotel. You expect the person to be to walk you to your door, provide you with some warm towels to put around your neck i mean at least like a hot tub and free breakfast (laughs) but it was just a regular hotel room nothing fancy nothing special it was the fairfield by marriott so it's not like we went like super cheap but right it was not six hundred dollars worth you were definitely paying for location (laughs) it's true well the places like if you look at the map of key west it's a pretty small place and so it's the real estate is, I don't oh, know. it's prime real it's estate. It's prime real estate. Sure. That's exactly There's what I'm There's only to say. so much land above the ocean. Yes. Speaking of which, does anyone else get claustrophobic when you're on a small island? Ooh, good Anybody. question. I don't. You don't? Do you? Absolutely. <laughs> I learned that about myself when I lived in Hawaii. It was like, because I lived in Hawaii for about a year and we had a tsunami warning while I was there. And everybody, they, the sirens go off and everybody has to get to the gr- the higher land and stuff. And and I remember as, as I was moving to the higher ground, I was like thinking to myself, I was like, this island, I mean, the higher ground is like 20 feet above sea level. <laughs> There's nowhere to go. Right. I'm stranded. What am I going to do? Like, I'm going to die out here. <laughs> that was my thought process. And so I Very still- rational. <laughs> Listen, I am pretty scared of hurricanes, and I know that Key West gets a lot of hurricanes. And just being on that tiny island, I was like, I don't like being on islands. Yeah, I can understand <laughs> that. I Yeah, I honestly, Hawaii, I totally don't get, but Key West, I kind of understand. It's yeah, Key way West smaller, is a lot flatter. Way smaller and flatter. <laughs> I feel like a, a, a storm surge comes up and it would just go right over Key West. Yeah, it's just going to sink. It's like... um. What movie is that where the island... Oh, it's... Atlantis? No, it's like Aladdin and the King of Thieves. 
Oh, Do you remember that movie? Yeah, the and giant turtle. The giant turtle island would like pop up in the middle of the ocean and then it'd go back down and then it'd pop up somewhere else so nobody could ever find it. Yep. That that's was a how, cool movie. That's how it feels to me being in Key West. It's like the water would just like go up and over the island, cover it. It's gone. Who knows <laughs> where it's going to show back up? <laughs> yep. So that's that's my uh, my irrational fear. But is it irrational? I don't, I, don't know if it's, know. I don't know if it's completely irrational. By the way, I feel like they changed the animation on like Jasmine's nose, you know, as you watch the video, watch oh, some of the movies. Well, I don't pay enough attention to I feel to like that. they changed the drawings of some of the characters along the way. Well, I would think for like the third movie, yes. They didn't have like their top animators on that one, probably. That's probably true. It wasn't one of the hits, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Do you want to talk about Key West right now or should we talk about... Dry Tortugas and come back to Key West. Let's talk about Dry Tortuga. Okay. And then we'll come back to Key West because there's some really cool stuff that we did on Key West that I think we should talk about. But also, we just need to get to the cool place. We okay. need to get to Dry Tortugas because okay. I think that would be the best thing. We should just get to our destination. Okay. So once you get in Key West, there are only two ways to get to Dry Tortugas National Park. Right. One is to take a boat and one is to take a plane. And there's only one like operator for each one that's that's like a charter that you can book tickets on and they can take you. Right. So otherwise, you have to have your own boat or your own plane mm -hmm. to do this. Which most of us won't. Yeah. You know, yeah. To. Most of us will have to pay someone else <laughs> to get us out there. So those are the two options. You have the ferry or you have the seaplane. And the seaplane is a lot more expensive, as you would imagine, right. than the ferry. And so for this first trip that we took, we were like, we'll take the ferry. That makes sense. And it's like a two and a half hour ferry ride. Yeah. We've been on longer ferry rides. Yeah. Not a big deal. No, it's not a big deal. But then it was... <laughs> A big deal. <laughs> and I like have never had such a funny yet disturbing experience <laughs> in any national park. Like someone this one, had to walk the plank. This one takes the cake. I wish it was me <laughs> because our particular day, and I I think this happens fairly often, but not all the time. Right. But our particular day of taking the ferry out to dry tortugas was the water was pretty choppy. Yes. There was some bigger waves than normal. There was, if we were in a plane, the pilot would have said, please keep your seatbelt on for turbulence. You yeah. Know, it was pretty, in, there was some big waves. There were some big waves. And so you're enclosed, like the main part of the ferry is completely enclosed and you're just surrounded by windows and there's just a ton of seats on the inside. And then there's like a tiny little deck. <laughs> out the back that you can stand on if you want some fresh air. Right. Or you can go up to the top. And again, there, it's just like a tiny deck with like some more open air type seating. Right. But only for, I don't know, 20 people. Like it's not, and the ferry, they put a ton of people on there. Yeah, and it's not assigned seating. And so if you're in a, a group like we were, you kind of have to pick a spot and keep it. Yeah, and you don't know where, you're, where you want to sit. Right. But pretty much everybody goes into the main cabin, like the, the big area that's enclosed with all the open seating. Right. That's just, that's where everybody can fit. <laughs> so anyway, so that's where we were sitting. 
how long into the boat ride do you think we were? Oh, half an hour? I think it was an longer than maybe? half an hour. Yeah. Do you think we were probably about halfway? Yeah, about maybe halfway. around an hour, hour and a half. People had gotten comfortable. We've They're all reading, we were, playing games. Yeah. All that stuff. And, and I'm, then, I'm fine. I was fine. Everybody in our family was fine. We were just playing games. Right. And they gave the kids like little like junior ranger sh- sheets to work on while we were going. And so they were working on those and we're sitting there. And all of a sudden, like the crew, you can tell the crew is like getting restless. Right. The people that are walking around making sure everyone's okay. Like all of a sudden there's just this panic factor. Up until this point, the crew is advertising, you know, there's there's food and drinks. You can get a, I think they were doing mimosas. I don't really remember or not. Pina coladas, something like that. They they were selling their drinks and everything. And then all of a sudden, the crew is giving ginger ale out like it's free candy on Halloween. They're just walking around with giant trays of ginger ale. (laughs) And they're like, who wants this? And we're like, I like ginger ale as much as the next person. But I was really confused. Yeah, it's like they were looking at people, looking to see how much color they still had in their face. And then it was like... Here's a ginger ale. I think you want this. I think before they started handing out ginger ales, they were handing out barf bags. Yeah. They were running around the cabin handing out barf bags. And guess what? Every single person in the cabin basically was barfing. (laughs) Like it was the most horrendous experience I've ever had. I went from being just fine to realizing that I've got three people at my back and all three of them are barfing into barf bags right now. Yeah. And I started to panic. <laughs> like I was not motion sick at all. I did not. I felt fine. But once everybody else in the land, the crew's running around like slinging ginger ales to everybody. And, yep. and if anyone needs a bag and, you know, you know, you got to go buy the the Dramamine. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it takes an hour to work. So when they tell you before the ferry starts, like if you get motion sick, you need to get... <laughs> some Dramamine in you right now. Yeah. But anyway, the whole cabin was barfing. It was so bad. It was horrible. And so finally, like I reached my limit. And she was out of there. And I (laughs) ran out and I was like, I need fresh air. Where is the air? It wasn't like you were (laughs) sick. It was the sympathetic reaction that you're having to everybody inside there. And the crew, like I remember I got stopped by like three different crew members who I think they could see the panic on my face, but the boat was rocking so much. It was like dangerous to try to walk around. And so I'm like getting like slung into seats and stuff. I was just like, I was mind single to where is the fresh air? Yeah. And so I ran out and I left John in the cabin with the kids. (laughs) And then, so I'm standing out on the deck, like getting my fresh air. I'm like, okay, okay, I'm okay. (laughs) I survived. And then our son comes out by himself with a crew member. And the crew member's like, your husband wanted me to bring him to you. So I guess my son was getting sick as well. Again, a sympathetic Sympathetic reaction. And so then that's when I realized I was like, oh, my gosh, I totally bailed on John. (laughs) Like he's in there still like being surrounded by people who are barfing. I'm just sitting there thinking. (laughs) I don't. I just. I looked at my sons in the eyes and I said, <laughs> "Kids, I don't know if we're ever going to see your mom again." 
was, oh my gosh, I was panicking so much. So then our other son comes out and he's standing out with me. And then John, and because John couldn't bring both of the kids out. Right. Because he needed to be able to hold on to something so he didn't get slung across the the boat. Right. Because it was so rocky. And so that's why he was stranded, because he couldn't leave the kids and he couldn't bring them both at the same time. So <laughs> that crew member brought one of them. And then John came out behind with our other son. And we all just stood on this, like, it was a tiny little outside section. There was hardly any space. And we're just breathing in the fresh air. Okay. It was so Okay, crazy. we made it. <laughs> we survived and we did not go back into the cabin. <laughs> oh, man. And we did not ride back in the cabin at the end of the day either no we didn't and it was pretty bad on the way back too but at least we were like out more in the fresh air yeah so oh my gosh it was so traumatic like and this is why the next time we go to dry tortugas i'm like oh no we are paying the whatever thousand dollars a person that it is to take a seaplane I am not getting back on that ferry. <laughs> Just because Ash can't mentally get back inside the box. I can't. That, the, the puke <laughs> box where everybody sits. I have never sat like close to so many people who were sick in my entire <laughs> life. Like it was the weirdest thing. The other funny thing I thought though, like people weren't like, they weren't panicking like I was. It was like, like the person behind me was just like quietly throwing up into their bag and then just like tucking it away. Yeah. And I was just well, like, like looking at people them. are having like normal conversations. Yeah. Just like, and so, you know, <laughs> parents are bringing their like law school aged kid. Yeah. And then in my third period, <laughs> uh, <yeah>. professor, what's <laughs> his name assigned this paper that's due next. <laughs> it was, it was the weirdest thing I have ever experienced. And so that is our story of getting to Dry Tortugas National Park. May your experience not be as traumatic as ours. I will say I do not get motion sickness and maybe you don't either, but like take the motion sickness meds before. Mm -hmm. And if you don't want to be trapped in the box of throw up, <laughs> don't sit in that main cabin <laughs> area. Try right. to get up. Go when you get into the ferry, go up the stairs and try to sit outside in like the more open air area. Yeah. It, like it, even if it's kind of hot outside, once you get on the ocean and the wind starts blowing, you'll kind of feel a chill. So just to make sure that you, if you want to be outside, like we will be, if we take the, the, the ferry again, bring a jacket so that you're more comfortable sitting outside for a long period of time. So you don't have to go inside the box. <laughs> But if you don't care, then sit wherever you want. But if you're comfortable like these other people were, just join the ranks of <laughs> oh normal conversation pukables. It was so it was so bad. It was so <laughs> bad. I have, don't think I've ever panicked that bad mm -hmm. where it's just like, I need air. I need air. I need air. And I was not <laughs> thinking about anything else. So anyway, <laughs> there you go. Our trip to dry tortugas started, started out with off a real nice so then you take the ferry and you get to garden key which is where you find the visitor center and fort jefferson and the campground mm -hmm. anyway pretty much everything is just right here where the ferry drops you right and from that point you just have a few hours to explore the island right and it's not a huge island there's time to do everything basically 
But we started at Fort Jefferson, which I think was what I was the most excited to see. Right. Well, you get there and you finally realize how huge it is. It's yeah. just, it's massive. Pictures it don't do it justice because the fort takes up the whole island right? pretty much. Yeah. And so when you look at pictures, you're like, oh yeah, it's just like a tiny island with a tiny fort. <laughs> right. And then Which you get into it. Yeah. It's like it, this fort is massive. Oh, it's and so, so impressive. Yeah. It's so big. And so I think there's kind of two groups of people at this point. There's because you can do the scuba diving and like the two main things to do on the island are snorkeling and then the fort is yeah. kind of how you want to split up your time a little bit because there's not much beyond that to do. It's not like there's a major hiking trails. Well, not unless. So some people bring over like canoes or kayaks or something like that when they come over on the ferry, because then you can kayak around some of the other keys that are right there. Right. But for most people who come, you're really just going to spend your time either at the fort or snorkeling or both. Right. And I feel like a lot of people actually just went straight to the snorkeling and didn't even bother with the fort. <laughs> Which blew me away. Like, I loved swimming. We definitely did some swimming, and that was really fun. But the fort was so surprising. It was so much bigger than I expected it to be. It had so many more unique features that I've never seen before. And it really was like I stepped back into... Pirates of the Caribbean for a second, especially some of those forts that they have in the movies like Port Royal, where they have all of these really cool walls for the fort and they have cannons and they have everything it is that all of it was there. Yeah. It yeah. was so neat. So Fort Jefferson is a 19th century fort mm -hmm. and it's one of the biggest in America. Yeah. And it protected those Gulf waters which was a major trade route between the Mississippi River and out to the Atlantic Ocean. Right. And so while it seems like you're kind of in the middle of nothing and why would you need a fort out here? <laughs> because by today's standards, it really doesn't make sense. Oh, yeah. With today's transportation routes and everything, it, it no longer plays the same role that it did a long time ago. And we'll talk about that during the Fun Facts episode. You'll get a lot more context about why this is here. Because honestly, in today's world, that fort almost doesn't make sense being there. It seems really obsolete now, but the more like, and that's what was cool about touring the fort. And like when you first get there, there's a park ranger who does like a 20 minute overview. Just here's the fort, here's some history and stuff like that. And then from that point, you can choose if you want to join a longer guided tour with the ranger, or if you want to explore on your own, or if you want to go do something else. But so we sat in on the 20 minute talk and just learned like, I don't know, it's crazy that they even had the building materials, that they got the building materials out there to build it. And anyway, all the things that you wouldn't normally think of or just didn't even cross your mind, they address in that 20 minute talk. And then we opted not to do the longer guided portion because our kids were young and they don't do as good with stuff like that. So right. at that point, we just went like they have a huge portion of the fort that you can just wander. Yeah. And that was so cool because you're going like up like tiny spiral staircases and you get to the top and there's a giant cannon. Oh my gosh. And when you say giant cannon, you mean giant cannon. Yeah. We're talking about cannons that are tens of thousands of pounds and they're just massive. And so this is a three level fort. So you have the ground level 
and then you have a second level and a third and the third level is open and you can see really far out but the second level is probably my favorite wow. i loved the second level because it was just so neat you're just walking if you look at a picture of fort jefferson you see windows on the outside of the of the walls there and when it was first built, those weren't actually, they weren't really windows. They were shuttered. They had this really unique shutter system where as soon as the cannon would fire, the air pressure that preceded the cannonball actually going out of the end of the cannon, there was some air pressure that would fling open the shutters and then the cannonball would go out and then the shutters would slam back shut. Oh, that's and it, cool. would, it would just automatically happen. It was really cool. But every single one of those windows had a cannon. And on the inside of the fort where you're walking through, it's like you're walking through hundreds and hundreds of little archways. Yeah. But in each archway, there's kind of like a half circle where the people manning the cannons could swing the cannons different directions to aim at whatever they wanted. And so you're just walking through archway after archway after archway, room after room after room, and every single one was meant to house a cannon that could fire on an enemy ship or something. It is so cool. It's it so really cool. is so cool. <laughs> so we did that for a while because we were just having a blast just exploring the fort and taking pictures and our kids finish their junior ranger stuff and definitely do the junior ranger stuff there because you learn a lot and they get a cool badge that says dry tortugas, which proves that they made it all the way out there. Oh, yeah. It's so cool. So that was fun. And, but, but also because this was a military installation and it was meant to be like one of the most powerful military installations in the area or especially in the Atlantic Ocean on the United States side, there's a whole lot of little things here and there that just illustrate how powerful this was. And one of my favorite things was the the shot furnace is what it was called, the shot furnace. And so what they would do is they would heat up these cannonballs to be basically red hot and then they would shoot them. And so you imagine these massive cannonballs, red hot, shooting at pirate ships or an enemy ship. I just thought that was the coolest thing. And because <laughs> yeah. one of my favorite things to watch on YouTube or Facebook, it's called Florida Foundry. And it's basically all these people do is they heat up this little ball of copper to be red hot. And then they just put it on stuff and watch it burn. Oh <laughs> and I can't help but watch it. And I'm just thinking in a massive scale, you've got these cannonballs that are hundreds of pounds giving heated up to red hot and then shot at the enemy. It's just so yeah. cool. Yeah, the other cool thing about Fort Jefferson is that it has a moat. <laughs> yeah. And so this moat, like there's a there's a wall that blocks a lot of the waves and stuff from hitting the fort and coming in. But that wall, you can walk around it. You can walk portions of it and you can look for sea life down in there. That's like the water is just gorgeous blue. Mm -hmm. And so that's a really cool thing to do, too, is walk the fort wall. And, and kind of be in between the ocean and the moat. Yeah. <laughs> and you're right up against the outside of the fort. And so that was just a really big highlight for us that I don't think we were anticipating, like, loving as much as we did. No, that was super cool. How often do you get to walk along a moat? That's really cool. There used to be a saltwater crocodile that lived in those moats, actually. Oh, that's cool. For reals. They actually had to relocate it because it was getting too friendly with the people. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, do, you, do you know what else I recall? I can't remember what year this was, but I feel like it was like the year after we went. So just maybe a year ago mm-hmm. or two years, possibly. I can't even remember when we went. So Dry Tortugas has also it's been a refuge for like people have to go in there, like our our military and stuff like that to go in there to get safe harbor. Right. Yeah. Um, when but, those big storms come through. Yeah. But like a year or two ago, I remember seeing in the news, they actually had to close Dry Tortugas National Park because a ship from Cuba landed at Dry oh, Tortugas. Right. I remember And it this. was full of like refugees. And so anyway, but like they had to go out and help them. And, yeah. Figure out the all Cuba. the immigration stuff and yeah. everything. Yeah. But that's crazy. Anyway, so it's just... It's a cool location and it's cool to be there. And it's like, I don't know. It's just so different from any other national park. Yeah, it, it is. The The fort is bigger. It's better. It's cooler. And then the water is such a, it, it's so fun to be out in that warm Caribbean water. I know it is warm, which is so nice. And it's so blue. It's like turquoise blue. It's the Gulf Coast blue that just you take pictures and it looks like it's edited, like majorly saturated. Right. But it's real. That color is real. Now, we did not have the greatest luck with snorkeling. We bought snorkeling masks for our kids for our trip to Florida. And because we went to Hawaii like six months before that. And right. So we thought, okay, yeah, they're going to be able to do snorkeling. Like they did fine in Hawaii. No. <laughs> no, they did not. They did not like snorkeling at Dry Tortugas, even though it was beautiful. It was cool. And but that same that same storminess with the big waves that had caused so much commotion on the ferry ride out, then kind of... It was hitting against the island. It, yeah, it was so where it we were snorkeling. It was choppier <laughs> than we wanted it to be. And the water was less clear. Yeah. And so the boys felt more claustrophobic in their mask than they did in Hawaii. Yeah. Because there was a lot more stuff in their face than would have been otherwise if it was more calm. Yeah, it did not go well. So we were glad that we spent more of our time in the fort before we got in the water (laughs) because we got in the water for about five minutes and the kids were like, I hate this. I don't want to be in here. And so John and I did a little bit of snorkeling on our own. (laughs) Right. And then mostly we just dried off and enjoyed the sunshine and took pictures of the water. Mm -hmm. I am really disappointed that I did not see a tortuga (laughs) while I was there. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. We We actually really didn't see hardly any wildlife. Yeah, it was because it was so choppy. Yeah, A lot of the creatures were taking shelter. The sand was in our face. But I mean... The dry tortugas, they are an amazing place to snorkel and to scuba and to do a lot of really fun swimming and see some amazing things because this whole area from all the Florida Keys, the dry tortugas, that whole system of reefs is the third largest barrier reef system in the world. It's huge. And the dry tortugas, there's not as many people swimming and exploring and doing everything as there are in other keys. And so the dry tortugas are a really unique and wonderful place to explore and see beautiful coral, beautiful fish. You can see the reason it was named dry tortugas. The tortuga is because the Spanish explorer that found it was so amazed by how many turtles were there. Yeah. 
And so they, it's a, they actually named it Lost Tortugas after the turtles, which I think is cool, but <laughs> I just didn't get to see one. So that's disappointing. <laughs> just have to Next go time. back. I know. Well, and you never know what kind of weather you're going to get. I mean, you're booking this stuff quite far in advance. Right. Usually two to three months in advance at least. And so you just don't know that particular day. I mean, we had one day. Mm hmm in our schedule to just go out to dry tortugas and come back. Right. And you book it in advance and stuff. There's no way for us to know if what the weather's going to be like that day or if, if we picked a good day, which is a little bit scary for me, the planner. Right. I'm like, maybe I should give myself a little bit more flexibility here, but there's not a lot of room for that, especially when you're kind of a cheapo and hotels are $600 <laughs> a night. It was like, we're doing... Two nights in Key West and that's it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and one day at Dry Tortugas. And so I would like to go back out there and spend more time actually snorkeling and stuff. Do you know, I mean, they have part of Dry Tortugas National Park. There's another key that's called Loggerhead. Right. And that one has a shipwreck that you can go snorkel. And there, well, you could scuba it too. But right. it said it only goes down to like 20 feet. And there's just all sorts of marine creatures and stuff but you're like actually looking at a shipwreck that like the ship is broken in two and yeah i'm like oh my gosh i want to do that but it's really hard to get there i looked <laughs> <laughs> so you know there's just other things that you can do some really cool things i am dying to get back out there i was not disappointed even though our snorkeling experience wasn't picture perfect it wasn't what i was hoping for right i was not disappointed in our time at dry tortugas at all and no. i am counting down the time until we can get back there yeah. and explore it again. And especially now that I have so much more, like like I know what to expect. I know what I'm going to be seeing and I kind of know what I want to do. I feel like I'm just going to be like, I'm going to rush in there and be like, look at all this stuff. Look at all this stuff. Yeah. And then, and then jump in the water, you know, yeah. there's just, there's so much cool stuff to see and do. And especially if you li listen to the fun facts episode before you go, and I think that you will just appreciate the dry tortugas so much more in the greater context of where they're at. Yeah. It's it's such a cool place. I can't wait to get back out there. But it can be a challenge to plan and a little bit more expensive than a lot of other national parks you've been to. It is for sure. And part of the dry tortugas experience, I would say, is spending some time in Key West. Yes. Because Key West is really cool. So... After you go to Dry Tortugas for the day, you come back, you dock at Key West, and then there's all sorts of fun stuff you can do there. I felt like Key West was like a tropical Nashville. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> you walk down Duval Street, which is the main street through there, and like there's just music, live music pouring out into the street, and everybody's partying like it's a party <laughs> in the middle of the day. Day drinkers and like oh, all the man. stuff. Margaritaville. It yeah. is Margar it's a real life Margaritaville. It really does feel like it. I was so giddy with excitement for just like walking down Duval Street and listening to the music. Yeah. And I made John, we went and ate at Sloppy Joe's. That was fun. Because there was live music. Mm-hmm. And I'm a sucker for live music. I love live music. And so they had a really good artist there during the lunch hour. And, and so we went there for lunch and listened to the music and just had a great time. And there's like chickens walking around everywhere, which is totally an island thing. It's like that in Hawaii, too. 
So yeah. that felt normal to me. Which is me. why we came home with two rooster ch- Christmas ornaments. Yeah. Because our kids Both wanted our to kids. buy each of their own. They loved, just... yeah, they loved all the, all the poultry wandering <laughs> around. So it was awesome. That was really fun. I loved downtown Key West. Like it just felt like a party. The live music, all of that was really fun. Yeah. Fun fact, mm-hmm. did you know that Sloppy Joe's was like Ernest Hemingway's haunt when he was in Key West? Really? It was. Interesting. I didn't even know that when we picked it and ate there. <laughs> but yeah, so Ernest, cool. Ernest Hemingway came over to Key West from Havana. I guess he was like traveling across the Atlantic <laughs> right. to get back to America, went through Havana, went up to Key West, stayed in Key West for a little while and just kept going back to Sloppy Joe's. One of his most famous books, I think, is about an elderly Cuban gentleman that's trying to catch a fish. And like, that's the whole really? book. I read one Ernest Hemingway book in high school <laughs> and I did not like it. So I don't get, <laughs> I don't get it, I guess. <laughs> that's funny. There's a scene in Gilmore Girls, for all of you Gilmore Girls fans out there, where Jess and Rory and the really high strung girl, what's her name? Paris? Paris. Yeah, they're all sitting around the table talking about their favorite books and things. And Jess is the Ernest Hemingway. He loves Ernest Hemingway. And both Rory and and Paris were just dogging on him because they <laughs> did not like Ernest Hemingway. I don't either. I don't get it. The other cool thing that we did in Key West that we really enjoyed was the Ingham Museum. Oh, yes. That and was so cool. The Ingham is a Coast Guard cutter that was decommissioned in 1988 Mm -hmm. but it started (laughs) being used in 1936 yeah so it was used during world war ii well yeah world war ii and was it vietnam yeah vietnam and i'm not sure about korea not sure where it was stationed yeah i don't know but but it's gone through a few wars (laughs) yeah and you can tour this giant coast guard cutter that's in like in the bay of key west it and was that so, is so cool it was so cool and you get in there talk if if you were going to be claustrophobic i would be claustrophobic in that no i'm and, not i'm not claustrophobic in that <laughs> <laughs> just on an island oh my gosh it was so funny you A get disappearing in there. island yes exactly you get but you get inside this coast guard cutter and you realize, oh my gosh, all of these sailors had such small spaces to live in. You see every space is small. It's super trendy and super cool to be like tiny living right now and tiny houses and things like that. The shows are like, you have to make use of every square inch. Well, I'm pretty sure the people that made tiny living a thing first, the original was the Navy. Yeah. Because those those boats use every square inch, man. Fun fact about me, Mm -hmm. I have been on a Coast Guard cutter, an active one, while it was on patrol. Nice. That's so cool. Did you know that? You probably knew know that about me. Up in Glacier Bay. Yeah, when I was a park ranger at Glacier Bay, the Coast Guard came through and they were coming through Glacier Bay and they asked for a couple of park rangers to come with them and I got to go. It was so so cool. cool. You're like, oh, this mainland is just too claustrophobic for me. Put me on a nah, boat. <laughs> nah, you never feel claustrophobic in Alaska. <laughs> it was definitely the opposite when I went from the wide open skies and mountains and trees of Glacier Bay and onto the Coast Guard Cutter. <laughs> it yes. was like, oh my gosh. 
how do you guys live here? But that was pretty cool. That is cool to so, be on an active one. Yeah. This was a cool one just to explore after it's been decommissioned and, and restored. You yeah. know, that one was really neat. But beyond on a new one, that would be cool. You know what I like about places like that, too, is like you always have these old timers that just love and love to share and celebrate yeah. the history of the Navy or whatever, whatever branch of military that they served in. A lot mm-hmm. of them are are retired veterans right. that are volunteering at these spots and just wanting to share a story. And so you have really fun conversations with these old folks that are just wanting to share all of their insights and, and everything. And in some cases, I don't remember if the guy who we talked, I, I mean, he wasn't on that particular Coast Guard cutter, but he had been in the Coast Guard. And Anyway, it's just cool. So I love stuff like that, too. It was so fun listening to those guys tell stories. And depending on the war that they were in, there were some... I don't think any of the guys that we talked to were from World War II, but there were some other guys that had been on more recent police actions or... or (laughs) Yeah. And and some other things. It It was really interesting. They were fun to talk to. And our kids were like, old man strength is a real thing. And these guys had a really firm handshake. And I don't think my kids were ready for that. Yeah, but they gave them a sticker, so they were okay. (laughs) Hello, young man. Smash. (laughs) (laughs) Crunch. Yeah. So that is our first trip to Dry Tortugas. And I would love to go back. We will go back for sure. It's just, it's hard to get to. And so it's not a park that we're like, yeah, we can go there whenever we want. Right. (laughs) So. But we would love to hear your experiences if you've been to Dry Tortugas or if you have any questions about your trip. I can answer some of your questions if you're hoping to visit for the first time. I'm happy to sit down and answer those questions. So go to dirtinmyshoes.com slash podcast and leave us your questions or comments. We would love to hear from you about Dry Tortugas. But otherwise, hopefully you will eventually be able to make it to this park. But it's definitely one that should be on your bucket list. Thanks for exploring the national parks with us. Please share, like, and subscribe. And if you need any help planning your own trip, click on over to dirtinmyshoes.com. See you next week. Same time, same place. And don't forget to get some dirt in your shoes. Dirt in my shoes.